This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, Episode 9. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. This is the second week of the new year. And this is what I would consider the first actual productive week of the year for most people, especially me. I feel like that first week of the new year, I was just kind of trying to recover from the holidays. I was trying to get back into my routine. I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do for the year and how I'm going to implement the things that I want to do for the year. And this is the week of actually taking action on those things that I've been wanting to do and I'm actually getting stuff done. And I hope it's the same thing for you right now. If you've been following the Six Figure Home Studio for any amount of time, you've probably heard me say something similar to this, habit over motivation. I am a big proponent on putting healthy habits and routines into your life instead of waiting for that moment of motivation to hit. I have been in the boat where I just don't feel motivated. I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it. Uh, And so it doesn't get done. And then you're wondering, like, how can I get motivated? What can I do to get motivated to get this done? I'm so tired and I just don't feel like doing it. We've all been there. I've been there. You've been there. If you haven't been there, you're probably lying to yourself right now. The problem with waiting on motivation to hit is that it is a temporary thing. It's that New Year's thing. You think, how many people sign up right now? How many people sign up to Planet Fatness or Fitness, Planet Fitness, sorry, January 1st? or probably even this week, all of January is Planet Fitness's biggest month of the year. And that's because January is the biggest month of motivation of the year. But how many people do you think that sign up to Planet Fatness January 1st are still working out March 1st or July 1st or especially December 1st? I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably less than 10% of the people that sign up to Planet Fatness actually stick to the end of the year with their routines. 10%. And honestly, we're, it's probably closer to 1% if we're being for real. Well, this is what I want to help you avoid in this episode. We talk about seven specific habits that you can implement in your business and your life in order to make 2018 a year of actual progress for you, for your business, for your studio. Because the last thing I want is for you to have all these massive goals and you have this huge stroke of inspiration and motivation this month. And then two months from now, you're in your day job. And every single day you go into work, one single HP is sucked away from your life. Your life is slowly draining away because you lost that motivation. Something happened. And all of a sudden, all these big things came up in life because, hey, life happens. But that's what I want to avoid. If you let motivation be your driving force in your life, then life will get in your way every single time, no matter what. But if you can put these healthy routines, these healthy habits into your life, and not just the seven that we cover today, but a plethora of them that you know you should be doing. If you can put these healthy habits into your life where they are a daily or weekly thing, that it is part of your routine, then I can assure you that you will have a much higher chance of succeeding this year than if you did not put these things into place. So again, 2018, Habit over motivation. Here is my conversation with Chris Graham. What's up, Christopher Graham? How are you doing today? I am wonderful, Brian Hood. How are you? I'm doing pretty damn good. How was your Christmas and New Year's, man? It was delightful. I have three kids, and 
I bought them too many presents and it was great. It was really, 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 really fun. Are you the type of parent that spoils their kids? Mm, Only on Christmas? Yeah. I mean, we like to do a lot of random gifts, like surprise. We didn't tell you we were getting you this. And, you know, so we, Christmas is, is, can be complicated in a family because there's a lot of expectation there. And I am of the belief that a gift expected is not a gift. So we try to do lots of unexpected things in our house to surprise our kids and, and not create weird, awkward, uh, prove you love me by giving me something moments. Ooh, I like that. That's so smart and good. And that's how I would probably raise my family if I had one or, or whenever I have one. Cause I dude, more than anything, I hate people that expect something from me. Mm-hmm. Like I, <laughs> this sounds awful, but it's like, I'm a gentleman. I will always open a, uh, a door for a girl. Uh, just like a Southern gentlemanly thing to do, which you can call that sexist or you can call it being a gentleman. I don't really care what you call it, but I think that if my girlfriend ever has this attitude of expecting me to do it, that's the time I don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I tend to be the same. If I had kids that expected certain things and I knew they'd be, you know, pitching a fit if they didn't get those things, I'd probably not give it to them. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's complicated. So this, this year was really good with Christmas and with gifts in general with the kids, they really, we had a really good time getting them things. And um, I had a client that I've been working for uh, for a couple of years who is this incredible artist and he's local, he's here in town and he builds these amazing brass pieces of jewelry. And he's also one of the best musicians in this part of the country. And uh, he had made, he makes these necklaces that I'd wanted to buy my, my wife. And he called me on like, Christmas Eve Eve and wanted me to master something before Christmas. And I was like, oh man, I got kind of got to charge you a lot for that. I'm going to have to cancel some family stuff. And he didn't want to do it. The price was a little too high. So then I was like, wait a minute, how would you like to barter? You make a piece of art for my wife for Christmas and I will master your song. And it worked out and it was the highlight of Christmas for my wife. That's awesome. Good job on that, dude. It was really fun. That's some ingenuity right there. Turning some lemons into lemonade. Indeed. Well, let's talk about, it's the new year. Uh, If you're listening to this right now, it should be the week after new year. And I thought it would be a good episode today if we talked about, in this episode and the next episode, if we were smart, it would have been the first episode of the year, but we're not that smart. (laughs) (laughs) We would talk about setting yourself up for success in 2018. And the first episode today in this topic area, I think we wanted to talk about what habits do you need in place in both your studio and your personal life in order to succeed in 2018. And this is a special one for me because I am all about habit over motivation, habit and routine over over motivation. Because if you are waiting for motivation to hit you, you will never get anything done or you'll start and then you'll give up. But if you put habits and routine into your life, you can do a whole lot more because you're not waiting for this inspiring moment to hit you. So I think we have seven here, seven habits of highly effective studio owners. We're going to talk about seven specific habits that I think we can implement into our lives or that you can implement into your studio in order to help your year go as well as it possibly could, or at least start putting things into place to do well. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing, as I'm talking to other studio owners, and and we've had a ton of you guys email us um, with feedback, you know, that we've been requesting and it's been really amazing. And as we've kind of gotten to know some of you guys and um, it's been really fun. I've had a lot of people that I work with consistently that have called me to talk about the podcast 
And, uh, you know, one of the most consistent patterns that I think I see, so I'm just going to make this assumption that it's something that a lot of us struggle with. And I know it's something I struggle with is I think the most important habit that I have developed in my, you know, kind of career is having a do not do list. Essentially, like let's pinpoint the bad habits um, that are keeping me from being successful. And I want a list uh, that I keep on my phone. It's in my reminders app that I have a list um, of do not do things. And for me, that is just so important to know that, hey, here are things that I don't do. Just as a policy, I don't need to wonder about whether I should do them or not. I just know like these are things I don't do. So can you give me a specific example of something that's on your do not do list? Yeah. So I'm just going to read off what's on my to do not do list. It's pretty short. Um, number one, do not check email on Saturday. For me, that's a family day. It's the day I take off and it's a huge temptation to want to just dive into my email the moment I wake up um, on Saturday. So that steals life for me and makes me a worse dad and a worse husband. So Number one on my do not do list is, is don't check email on Saturday. Um, I'm just going to kind of add a, a, I'm going to read through a few of them here. So um, one of my big things is I, I don't pretend productivity. If I'm doing something so that I can pretend I'm productive so I can feel better about myself, I don't do that. Uh, number three, this is a shocking one for many people. No social media on my phone. Ooh. I don't have Instagram. I don't have Twitter. I don't have Facebook. I don't do it because they suck me in. They lower my quality of life. So as a result, I only do social media on my phone or desktop. This is a good one for a lot of us because um, I've seen, you know, I had some of my students of a beta program I did fill out this sheet kind of talking about what are the areas they waste the most time in. And it blew my mind how much time was wasted. On average, students wasted an average of about 10 hours a week on social media, according to their 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 words or their time estimates and it could be more than that could be slightly less than that but 10 hours a week is a lot of time and one thing i want you guys to keep in mind that are listening is social media companies like facebook like instagram like twitter although twitter is kind of failing social media companies are backed by millions or billions i don't know of venture capitalist dollars and they have scientifically perfected the way to suck you in They've spent so much money on research and experts and building systems and, and optimizing every single little detail of that app to keep you sucked in forever. And I know how effective it is because I'll go into Facebook sometimes to answer a message to a client or to a friend. And all of a sudden, 45 minutes later, I'm like so far down the rabbit hole of cat videos or something stupid that I'm like, I snap out of this weird trance or coma that I'm in. And I didn't realize it's, it's just like, I, how did I get here? It's like when you're talking on the phone and you get to your destination, when you're driving, you're on the phone and you're driving and then you hang up and you're like, Whoa, how did I get here? I don't remember driving there. It's like, you go to this weird s sleep state on Facebook or other social media where you're just like scrolling mindlessly. And that is dangerous if that is your, your habit. So I think that's a great thing to have on a do not to do list especially if you're physically removing it from your phone so you're not constantly picking up your phone to check that crap. Yeah, you know, I'm not a strong enough human to have social media on my phone. Um, I get sucked in and it's, it's bad for my life. So there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, procrastinate with gear is another thing where I'll get in my mind like, I need to do like 15 hours of research on something I might buy. And it's really just me procrastinating doing something important that I need to work on. 
so let's talk about like how do you determine what gets added to that list? At what point? What's the what's the point in your life or career? What happens to say okay, that's going on my do not do list? Patterns. You know, if I see a pattern of time suck or um, it makes me anxious or sort of creates this like obsessive personality thing that I do sometimes, or I just can't put something down. Um, I recognize there's a pattern and I put it on the list and I know that if I am doing that thing, um, I'm being inconsistent. So like right now, this is funny. Uh, I'm not supposed to read the news. That's on my do not do list. I'm struggling with that. I like that one because I, I hate the news and this is something that I have discovered is news is similar to sugar for me. If I go without sugar for a long time, um, then I go back and certain things are just so overly sweet that I'm like, this is disgusting to me. Like I can't, I can't even stomach this anymore. And something like fruit is delicious, you know, something that's healthy. But news is one of those things like you don't realize how toxic it is for you until you've removed yourself from it for so long that when you go back, you see straight through what, <laughs> what a lot of the clickbait bullshit they're doing. It's like headlines and trying to divide people on certain topics just to get ratings. Like it's very, very disgusting what a lot of news news outlets do yeah so i guess what we're saying you don't necessarily need to have any of these things on your do not do list everyone's different i would (laughs) (laughs) but you i think it is important to have a do not do list it's important to recognize um your bad habits and to keep them written down somewhere so that you can recognize oh like a good example i think would be um and i used to do this all the time when i was running a production business you know over a decade ago um don't edit vocals while there's a vocalist recording in the studio. That's a great thing to put on your do not do list of like, that's most of the time a problem. Um, it's a time suck, but it's also a demotivator for the vocalist. Well, time out on that. That just comes to self-awareness because not everyone's going to realize how demoralizing that is for the vocalist. Yeah. Cause it's not just a pattern you see or a pattern you see in yourself that you know is wrong. So if you do notice those things, go ahead and add it to your do not do list. But, coming away with real specific actionables from this podcast episode is first of all, sit down, yeah, brainstorm the things, mind dump. I call it a mind dump uh, or a brain dump where you're writing down things you know shouldn't be on there. If you sat down right now, pause the episode or after you finish driving or whatever you're doing right now, uh, sat down and really thought through like, what are the things that should be in my do not do list? Because I personally don't have one and I should have one because there are things in my life that I know are things that I can fall into if I, adult, if I let myself that are not good for my business. Or life. Yeah. So I think it's just a really healthy thing to do. And I think for most of us that are trying to build a business, um, the, our biggest issue is lack of time, right? For all of us, lack of time. If you sit down and make a do not do list and you can eliminate, you know, 10% of the, of your, of the things that you do that take your, your time, boom, you have time now. You have time to work on these other habits that you need to form. So a do not do list is just so amazing in that if you stick to it and if you do a good job with it, you instantly have more time. You are immediately niching down in some way, shape or form to focus uh, your efforts in building your business. All right. So that's the first of the, I guess, seven habits we have as of right now, at least maybe it'll turn into eight by the time we get to this into this. But let's talk about the second habit we have on our list. Chris, what is that? A prioritized to do list. This one is huge for me. Um, so a prioritized to-do list, I think, is at least two things. One, it's prioritized. It's in the right order. The most important thing is at the top, at the top of the to-do list. 
And two, it's short. A prioritized to-do list, I don't think should be any longer than five key items. Some people say three, uh, but only a few items that you've said, if it's not in my top five, it's not on my to-do list. And I can put it on a different list that I don't need in front of me. It is not an exaggeration for me to say that when I'm in the healthiest place that I am while I'm working on my business, working for my clients, that I look at my to-do list 30 to 50 times per day, every day. When I'm not doing well, you know, when I'm, you know, going through a weird doldrum or, you know, a dip, if you will, it's, I'm not looking at my to-do list. So important. So how do you form your to-do list? Like, I know most people struggle with this and I have my own opinions and systems for this, but how do you look at, you know, there's, there's urgent and what is the urgent and important and then not urgent, but important. And there's this, yeah. there's this constant cycle you can get into of constantly putting out fires and never getting anything long-term done. You're just putting out these short-term fires in your life or in your business and you never sit down to build out your future. Yeah. Well, there's a really great quote, um, from this guy, uh, I'm totally blanking on his name, who wrote this book, Thinking Fast and Slow. Daniel Kahneman is his name. He's this Nobel Prize winning economist. He's absolutely a bona fide genius in our time. It's a book I've been meaning to read, by the way. It's a tough read. I, I actually, actually haven't finished it. I've, I've tried a couple times and have stalled out. But he said one time in an interview, somebody asked him, you know, if you could tell everyone in the world, one thing, this sort of this Tim Ferriss podcast question. If you had a billboard, what would you put on it? And he answered, whatever you are thinking about at any given time is less important than you think it is. He said, you know, what humans do is whatever is in front of them, they disproportionately uh, place higher on, on an importance list than it actually is. So the beauty of, an, of a to-do list that's prioritized is it gives you time to step back away from your work. So for me, Sunday's a great day to work on my, on my to-do list because I'm, I didn't work the day before. I'm resting in a good spot and I can think constructively about what is the most important thing I need to do this week to help my business, to serve my customers well. And when I do that and I have that distance, I don't get this thing. I don't know if anybody else can relate with it, but I'll be working and I'll have an idea and it's, you know, I, allegedly have ADD says the say the doctors me too and I'll have this like squirrel and I'll kind of go off on a tangent and I will work on something and then an hour later I've made some progress and I realize crap that wasn't the most important thing I could be doing it was good but it wasn't best and there's another saying that I love good is the enemy of best and that's what a, a prioritized to do list is all about is figuring out what is best doing that next and then moving on to the next thing after that. So that is so unbelievably difficult for me, but all of my success, I would tie to the ability to do that. I have, I have a couple things to add to this point. And that is, first of all, I mean, it, it's so easy to get caught in putting out fires or jumping into this thing that you think is important. That's just top of mind. An inbox is like the enemy of your to-do list. An inbox is like these sometimes hundreds of people that are vying for your attention that all want something. And, you know, there could be some really cool opportunities in there, but none of them are in, in alignment with what you have decided is your most important thing. And so by having this daily task list that has been predetermined to be your, I, I, I go by the three. I don't say more than three things a day that I'm going to do. Um, Cause I don't ever do, I've rarely get more than two of those things done in a day. 
But that is something for me to always go back to. Like when I finish one of the big important items on my task list or I get back from lunch or whatever I'm trying to do, I can go back to that list and pull from that. And so I have like a trickle down. I have, you know, a overarching big projects list, all these big things that I want to do throughout the year. Then I try to narrow that down on a monthly list of like, what am I going to try to get done this month? And then again to weekly and then daily, I'll just pull from that weekly list that gets, keeps getting updated. Sometimes things get rolled over to the next week and so forth. It's just a constantly evolving thing, but that's what's best for me. I have what I call the sacred work hours for me, which we've talked about in the past episodes. And those are those four hours in the morning that I work from eight to 12 and no one can talk to me or touch me or bother me. Um, if I have a prioritized to-do list, I can typically get the vast majority of what I need to do done in those three hours. And if I don't, that's when I can start. If I do get those things done, I can start putting out those fires after lunch in the afternoon that, you know, you kind of get drawn to. So, um, having a set time each day that you work on those, on those big items that you want to work on is, is a big thing, but that kind of leads us to the next point in our list here, uh, is the third point is schedule time to work on your business. So what do you mean by that, Chris scheduling time to work on your business? Because, if you don't quite get the word on versus in, there's a big difference between working on your business versus working in your business. Give us a little rundown of what that means. Yeah. So we've talked about the book E-Myth Revisited on like half, at least half of the episodes we've recorded. And you know, it's an older book. It was written in the 90s. It's probably the best selling small business uh, book ever. Um, and, you know, maybe four hour work week would be the only book that would be in the conversation of maybe sold more. So if you want to sum up um, the E-Myth, probably one of the biggest, most important concepts is that you have to schedule time to work on your business instead of in your business. And for those of us that are in a small, you know, that own a small business, we're splitting our time between um, being a salesman, being a service provider, being a manager, and all the other number of jobs, being an audio engineer, being an audio editor. You know, there are all these jobs. A lot of hats to wear. Yeah, a lot of hats to wear. And the big thing in the E-Myth is it talks about um, that we each have three personalities that are at constant war, at least three personalities in ourselves. We have the technician, the entrepreneur, and the manager. And as a small business owner, you have to figure out how to wear all three of these hats and probably not simultaneously. I, I cannot wear them, them simultaneously. So I schedule time to be entrepreneurial um, each week. And for me, um, it's it's Thursday afternoons right now. And we talked about this in a past episode, but it's it's setting aside time to do those things that are very hard to make yourself do sometimes. I know it's, if you're like me or you're like the vast majority of studio owners, a lot of times you just want to sit and mix and tweak things and try new things out and be creative. But it's very difficult to find time to actually implement a CRM like we talked about in the last episode, I think. Or, you know, implement... Um, a new proposal software that we're trying to do or get our taxes done for the year or start systemizing processes in our business like mix prep so we can outsource and hire somebody. Those are things that are absolutely working on your business that are bigger picture. They're going to have a huge ROI on your time invested into those things. But until you set aside specific time on your calendar each week to do those things, they're just going to be on your someday maybe list. Yeah. So the big thing there to keep in mind is that if your business strategy is I will work on things that I know I need to do when I have some free time, you won't do them. Or you're a way, way, way better human being than I am. I can't do that. Who has free time, man? Like if I have free time, quote unquote, it's because I've 
built that time into doing something that I want to do. Yeah. So you have to schedule time to work on your business. If, the, if you're not in the habit of that, I think probably um, the third best thing you could do on our list of you know, the seven habits that you need is to schedule that time. Um, it's to say this year on, even if it's an hour a week, to say from 4 to 5 p.m. on Wednesdays, I am going to work on my business and I specifically won't schedule meetings or clients um, during that time. That's huge. It actually gives you time to systematically figure out how to improve your business. And I just, I don't know any other way that you could possibly build a bigger, better business if you haven't specifically scheduled time to be entrepreneurial. And that time is going to change for everybody. Some people, you know, it may have to be the hour before you leave for work in the morning. Maybe it's the hour or two after you get back from work in the day. It might be after you've put your kids to bed, if you have young kids. And it could be like me where you are, you know, you make your own schedule and your most creative time is between eight and four. You know, maybe you just pick a block of time one day a week that that is your time to work on your business. There's a lot of different ways to, to do this and there's no right or wrong way. It's what works for you the best. Yeah. You could maybe even argue that this is the most important thing, the most important <laughs> habit. They're all, they're all important. Yeah, well, they're all important, but on this one in particular, it's during that scheduled time to work on your business that you could build a do-not-do list. It's during that time that you schedule to work on your business that you could make your, your to-do list. That's true. That you use in the future. So if you haven't set time apart for it, um, do that. That is some of the best advice, and it doesn't matter if you're an audio engineer, an audio editor, a dentist, a veterinarian, it doesn't matter. If you own a business, the best thing you can possibly do is have time scheduled to work on it, not for it. Before we get into the podcast today, let me tell you a little something crazy about myself. I'm actually a psychic and I'm going to prove it to you. You and I, we've probably never met, but I bet I can describe your business better than you can. Here's what my crystal ball says. You probably have no idea how to get clients other than waiting around for referrals and word of mouth. You're stuck in a perpetual cycle of feast or famine. So you have wild income swings from month to month. You're charging way less than you should and you know it, but you don't do anything about it. You feel like you have a million things you could be doing in your business and you have no idea what you should be focusing on. And you have tons of little half-built bridges leading to nowhere because you've jumped from thing to thing to thing as a dabbler. Am I right? Does this sound eerily similar to you? That's because I've been in your shoes and I've worked with thousands of freelancers who've also been there. So I'm not a psychic. My crystal ball is not real. I just have a really clear understanding of what freelancers are facing today. And if I can predict your problems, you can bet I actually have a solution to these problems. It's called client acquisition. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but for some reason, freelancers still haven't really figured this out yet. This is why I created Clients by Design Coaching. It's a truly unique coaching program that helps you build your own client acquisition machine so you can break out of this feast or famine cycle that most freelancers never escape. So here's how our approach is unique. First, we do a deep dive on your business, we figure out what's missing, and we give you a complete marketing roadmap right from the start. So no more dabbling, no more guesswork, just a clear path to getting more clients. You always know what your next step is because we actually assign specific tasks to you. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, instead of feeling scattered, you can just focus on your next step. That's it. We give you unlimited feedback on everything you do so you can feel confident that every single step you're taking is the right one. And we hold you accountable, not by nagging you, but just by genuinely supporting and cheering you on every step of the way. If you're behind on any steps we've assigned to you, we'll proactively reach out and see how we can help. Clients by Design is not a course. We look at it like a partnership. We'll always show up 
will always give you what you need, but you have to be willing to put in the work. This program is not for everyone, and that is okay. As of right now, I just checked the numbers. We've only approved about 25% of the applicants we've gotten so far, and that's because we are selective. We only accept your application if we believe we can truly help you. So if you're ready to end your feast or famine cycle and build a client acquisition machine, you can apply for Clients by Design by going to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. That's the number six, figurecreative.com slash coach. Now here's our show. All right. That leads us to number four, and that is physical activity. This is one I wanted to add because to me, the mornings that I do not work out, the days I do not work out in the morning are the least productive, uh, most sluggish days. It's not even a word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like I feel like I'm slogging through the day. It's awful. Today is one of those days. My gym's closed around New Year's because I work at the Vanderbilt gym and their university and all the students and staff are gone right now. And so they just closed the gym down. And, you know, it's fine. I need to rest up my knee that's kind of injured right now. So trying to do heavy lifting, I've tweaked my knee. But at the same time, it sucks trying to do any productive work if I haven't woken up on my normal routine in the morning, implemented a good amount of physical activity, which for me is heavy lifting and a bit of cardio and then started my day at the same time every day. That's one of my habits and routines, which is physical activity, breakfast, get shit done. And I really think that this is a huge uh, part of my overall improvement for the past five years is when I started working out, when I started implementing a routine of physical activity in the morning to start my day off right, it has opened up my mind for clarity that I did not have before that. It's made me healthier than I've been before. I just think there's a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, they have built their success uh, after their day of working out or after the morning working out of the gym. There's a lot of people that, you know, they, they swear by either yoga or running or heavy lifting or even light lifting, any sort of physical activity to start your day off the right way. I think that's, it's in the book. Uh, actually, it's a book called, is it Hal Elrod that does it? It's The Miracle Morning. He has several things that he teaches about doing in the morning for a morning routine. And I've tried a whole bunch of them, but the only one that really sticks for me is journaling, the two journaling and uh, physical activity. So uh, we're not going to talk about the journaling thing because that's just uh, besides the fact. But I think the physical activity thing is a huge part of really having a good routine and a good foundation to begin your day. Well, and that's something I need to work on. You know, I have been more physical in the last couple months than I have been in a long time. Um, but definitely something I need to improve on. And, you know, one of the things I keep thinking of is, uh, who's the Virgin Airways guy? Richard Branson. Richard Branson. Um, I, I heard, read, was reading an article one time where somebody asked him, you know, what's the most important thing um, to be successful? And he said, exercise. I was like, what? No way. That can't be it. So my story is weird. I ran track in high school and it was like an idol in my life. I was, I was obsessed with it. And I sort of swore off physical activity for the last 15 years as a result of running <laughs> way too much in high school. So has that been for you? Eh, it's been all right. Could be better. I've been doing a lot of yoga lately, which has been really, really nice. I do it at night typically. Well, that was one of the ones that I added. So again, n- neither Chris nor I have all of these down <laughs> yeah. in our lives. So these are like, we both put this list together as a team versus, you know, we all, we don't both do all of these things. Yeah. So I'm sure there's probably one thing we're both missing. That's super duper important that we'll learn in like a year Yeah, and come back and be like, Oh my gosh, why weren't we, um, micro dosing LSD or something, <laughs> something crazy like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So let's move on to the next one. Number five, I think we're on now because we don't have these numbers. We just have these in bullet points, but number five, stop. 
and use a calendar. Oh, so important. Now, I know Chris and I both use this. This is a habit we both have, but go ahead and just break down this habit. What do we mean by this, Chris? Well, let's first and foremost, let's describe the classic audio engineer slash entrepreneur. What is the most definitive thing you can say about this sort of like cliche that, you know, we all tend to struggle with? For late. Late slash doesn't show up. Yeah. Dependability is not a defining characteristic of most audio engineers. Yeah. And it's the same for graphic designers, um, photographers I'd put in that um, category as well. Any creatives. Um, But it's something we're not good at. And man, if you want to run a business well, you need to do what you said you'll do by when you said you'll do it. So important. What you said you'd do by when you said you'd do it. Never in the history of humanity has it been easier to be on time in your projects, in your meetings, et cetera. And that is because, drumroll please, smartphones, so freaking easy. So here's the big thing. And me and Brian talked about this, you know, when we were planning for this episode, the most important skill you can have to be a dependable grown-up is that when you have something you have to do at a certain time or by a certain time, stop what you're doing, put it in your calendar and set an alert to go off to remind you. I do two alerts because I'm a real big loser. I need a five minute beforehand and I need a one hour beforehand or I won't show up for a meeting. So that's super duper important. Um, For me, since I'm a super duper big loser, um, I also have an Apple watch. The Apple watch for me is amazing. Nerd. I'm a nerd, but I don't always have my phone like in my pocket or in front of me. The Apple watch is always on and it vibrates when I have a calendar uh, event that I need to be reminded of. So for me, it's not about being mature. It's about putting systems in place that make you appear mature. (laughs) And for me, uh, it's a calendar and it's uh, calendar reminders. So I think the hardest part of that is having the discipline that you don't say to yourself, well, I'll, I'll do that later so I don't forget. I'll put that in my calendar later so I don't forget. Don't do that. Now, develop the discipline that when you have something you need to remember that you stop what you're doing and put it in the calendar now. Well, this isn't the seven disciplines. This is habits. It's more about a habit than a discipline. It doesn't take any amount of discipline to do this. All it is is a habit. You just know that when something comes up that has a date or time attached to it, you say, hey, Siri, do this at this time. Alert me at this time. Like there, You can do all sorts of cool vocal commands with her and it's all taken care of. Well, for me, I, I'm kind of a loser and this isn't a habit. This is a discipline. It's hard for me to do this. And, you know, it, this isn't an easy thing where I just, oh, I, I mindlessly do it. I have to, I have so much FOMO, fear of missing out, that it, that it takes an awful lot of energy and mental pressure for me to say, no, 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 Chris, stop. I, I know this is important. I know this is a good thing. Stop what you're doing. Put it in your calendar. Set two alerts so that you will be reminded and you'll actually show up for this meeting instead of having someone call you 15 minutes after it was supposed to start and you're neck deep in a project and you flake out. So stop and use a calendar. So important. If you're not doing that and you're wondering why people don't book a second project with you, you might want to start that. Yeah, and it also comes with scheduling. So when you do get paid to do projects, especially if they're bigger projects that take you know multiple days or weeks, you need to be making sure that you're putting 
those projects on the calendar on the days you're going to be working on them. That way you don't overbook yourself or double book yourself because nothing is worse than either of those two things when it comes to doing client fulfillment work. Yeah. And we should talk more about scheduling and setting expectations with clients in another episode. But that's a big thing that I see frequently is people don't schedule things. And as a result, there's no kill date. There's no yes. when the project is supposed to be over and when they switch over from the the one size fits all large price to your day rate because the project has ballooned in scope uh, since the initial discussion. All right. Now we're going to talk about this leads directly into number six on the seven habits we have here. And that is actually checking your calendar daily because it makes no difference if you schedule everything. Uh, a, if you don't have your alerts turned on, that's another thing. But if you're not looking ahead on your calendar, because what, what has happened to me multiple times, because I've been the worst about this is I will forget to check my calendar in the morning. First thing to see what's ahead of my schedule for the day. What's my day look like? And then I'll make a commitment to somebody on a time that I had no business committing to that thing on. And I've basically double booked myself without knowing it because I'll say, yes, I'll do lunch with you today. Even though I didn't know I had lunch that someone booked me two weeks ago. And nothing is worse than doing that, uh, especially if you have a lot of things back to back on your calendar and you start agreeing to things when you have no business agreeing to those things, especially when it's an unexpected thing that pops up. So by checking your calendar every morning as part of your morning routine, your morning habit, and seeing what is ahead for your day, that one thing alone can save a lot of heartache and hardship for your business. And I know this from personal experience. Yeah, I am so guilty of this and I only have the appearance of a real grown-up when it comes to my schedule and it's only because I'm so religious about using my technology so my thing I don't check my calendar daily but that's only because I have an Apple watch that I wear daily that I know will remind me because it's a vibrating doohickey on my hand that will that I'm gonna look at if it vibrates at me well here in Nashville we have a lot of cool things to do, Chris. So sometimes these cool things come up unexpectedly <laughs> and I'll be off doing these cool things that were unexpected and then realize a notification pops up that in one hour or five minutes, I have this thing I'm supposed to be at and I'm not within any distance that I should be of that thing and therefore I miss it or I'm super late to it. So that's why I like to check it in the morning, even if I have the notifications that are alerting me. Uh, also, I have a fun fact. Real quick, hold that fun fact. You have your Apple Watch, which is awesome. And, and if they look better, I'd have one too. They're just the ugliest things in the world to me. And I'm, I, like, I love watches, but they're just hideous looking to me. They truly are. And you know, if they had one that looked like an Omega or you know, I don't know, something that looked good, I would wear it. But that's besides the point. But the thing is, since you, we've talked about my sacred work hours before, so between 8 and 12, my phone is down. My phone is on do not disturb. It doesn't even vibrate. And so what happens if I don't look ahead and know that I have something scheduled between those hours, then the alert will go off just like it should. And, you know, I get into the zone working and then four hours later I look up and I've missed a Skype call with someone or I've missed a meeting or I've missed a lunch or a coffee or something that was important because it was something I put on my calendar because nothing gets added to my calendar unless it's important. But if I don't see it that morning and I work through that, then I've missed out on that opportunity or I've burned a bridge or at least damaged a relationship. And I don't want to do that ever. Yeah. Well, and that's the big thing for me with the Apple Watch um, is the fun fact I've got is with an Apple Watch, you can you can set it up so that it only gives you certain notifications. So if you, when you flip it to do not disturb, if you only want calendar notifications that also include travel time, you can set it up so it will give you an alert and account for, hey, you need to leave in 10 minutes to make it for your meeting that's 20 minutes away. Yeah, that's the cool thing about if you do use 
you know, iCal or whatever the calendar in Apple is called, or even if you're on an Android phone and use Google's alert system, both will look at traffic conditions. If you add an address or a location to the meeting, it will look at traffic conditions based on where you are. It'll tell you what time you need to leave in order to be on time. And that stuff is awesome for people who are always have that dumb excuse. I was stuck in traffic. Like that is not an actual excuse because that just means you didn't account for traffic and you're an idiot. Yeah. So the big thing there, whether you have an iPhone or not, you can't have not having an iPhone as an excuse here. You should have a smartphone. Any smartphone is 10,000 times better than any other scheduling device, tool, whatever that existed 10 years ago. Well, 11 years ago because the iPhone came out in 06. But yeah, I mean, there's no excuse um, for not developing this habit because you're going to lose money like crazy and develop a bad reputation as a flaky person. And again, your reputation is your career. It is your career. So this brings us to our glorious seventh point. What is that, Chris? Well, it's having a life. Is that what you wrote there? No, I wrote, I wrote the F word, but I don't, I don't, um, having an effing life, but I, for some reason I cuss a lot. Like I cuss more than anybody else I know, but not on air, but I, I'm not comfortable doing it into a microphone. For some reason. I, I don't know. I, I'm completely fine with anybody else cussing, but it's a weirdism. So yeah, have an effing life. There we go. Have an effing life guys. What do you mean by that, Chris? Well, if you don't have something that you want in your life, other than the respect of other people that you are a good audio engineer, you will not be a successful audio engineer. It's true. I think that's that, that you can take that to the bank. So you have to have a life that your business is in service to. So for me, my, a lot of my story was I was just the biggest losery audio engineer in the world in 2010. I was good at it but I was obsessed with it. And as a result, um, made weird ego-driven decisions that sometimes got me into trouble with clients where I would you know, try to impress them and they'd be like, oh, that, could you maybe do a little bit lighter compression or something like that, a little lighter EQ. For me, when my first kid was born in 2010, totally changed my life because all of a sudden I had something I would rather do than play with audio. I'd rather hold my kid I'd rather spend time with him. And when that started to happen and I, and I had something I wanted in my life other than just being respected as an audio engineer, um, I got way better at it. I got way more efficient and I recognized all these things that were a waste of time and that were a waste of energy. And, you know, it's not like I instantly was awesome at it, but I started improving and I've consistently improved since Joshua, my oldest son, was born. And you've had two kids since then. Two kids since then, so. And I still agree. I don't have kids, but I still agree. You have to have a life outside of your studio, outside of your career, something that you are either working towards or something that you're enjoying. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Like you have to have something to look forward to outside of your business for two reasons. First of all, what are you working towards? Are you just working for the sake of working? Or are you working for the sake of having a better life or providing for your family or to enjoy trips every now and again or to, you know, to, to help others? Whatever it is, have something that you're working towards. And then also... It's to keep you from having your entire identity built up in what you are doing because you are not your business. And that is one of the big points we've tried to, to kind of make 
through this podcast is you are separate from your business. You are one thing and your business is another thing. And if you can live like that, it is a lot easier to do a lot of the things that you're scared to do in your business because you don't want to you know, fail yourself. And you're not really failing yourself. You're just learning. And that's a completely different conversation, the whole failure thing. But having something outside of your business allows you to enjoy your life a whole lot more. Friends, family, loved ones, hobbies, sports, travel, if you're religious, mission trips, there's all sorts of things you can do, community-driven things, even if you're not religious. There's all sorts of things you can do to really have a better life outside of your studio, regardless of to how good or bad your studio is doing. Yeah, so with that, um, speaking of being religious, so I'll, I'll get into this more in another time. My sort of religious story is crazy. Born and raised Catholic, became a gung-ho, hardcore atheist, and then a born-again Christian several years later. Um, which I am now still. So when I say this, I'm not saying this as a Christian, um, though it is a Christian thing. I think the, the beginning of having a life is taking a Sabbath day. So taking one day a week where you rest and you don't work. I cannot imagine myself having any success at all without a Sabbath, without having one day that's, restful and that I wake up more refreshed on month. I, I typically do it Saturday. How militaristic is your Sabbath to you? Are you like a militaristic Sabbath day guy where like, I never deviate from this? Or is it like, uh, I got a project deadline I got to do. So I got to do a little work today. I'm sorry. It's the only way I can get it done. I almost never work on a Saturday unless I'm getting paid like a substantial bonus for a, a faster turnaround time. So I'm pretty like intense about taking it. I'm not intense about what it looks like, but what it comes down to is I should be healthier the morning, the next morning when I wake up, I should be rejuvenated and ready to tackle the week. And what I see again and again and again is I see younger people will go and go and go and go and go and they'll put 15 hours in 15 days in a row and then they gloriously burst into flame and like don't do anything veg out for two years <laughs> and they veg out and they hate their job. They hate their business and they hate their lives. They hate their lives. Burnout. I think 99% of the time is just caused by not taking one day a week off as a day of rest that rejuvenates you and gives you more mental health. So whether you're a Christian or not, I don't think it's really relevant. A Sabbath is a really good thing. So have an effing life. And the way to start that is to start taking one day a week and having a life on that day. Find something to do. What's my thing that I do on my, on my off day? And that is brunch. Brunch is my day off. Day. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I go through phases where disc golf, frisbee golf. Oh yeah. My sister got into that and she takes me, when I go down to Alabama, we always do get disc golf. And then me and my dad, we actually play real golf. I was on the golf team in high school. A little backstory there with me. Got down to a six handicap. For those of you who know anything about golf, it's not bad. I don't play golf. It's fine. But you know what? Brunch is for everybody. It is for everybody. It's delightful. So yeah, I think it. I really can't underscore enough how important taking a day off for yourself. It's really important. And if you're wondering where to start with this, um, that's a great place to start because it brings clarity. After I've had my day off, that's when I can start to see what should be number one on my priority list. And I, and a lot of times it's funny, like I'll have my day off, I'll be hanging out with my kids and 
just the other day, I, I was working through a really difficult problem um, for a system I'm working on for my business. And I'd just been going after it and going after it and hitting, coming up against a brick wall, not being able to figure it out. Went out, took my son out to play disc golf on the ride home. It just sort of hit me. Oh, that's what I need to do. That's the solution to my problem. Piece of cake. Because your brain needs time to process things, man. And it's just like we spend time taking information and then all of a sudden when we're not thinking about it, our brain is processing it and that solution hits us out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a, a complicated component for us audio entrepreneurs here. And that is that we can't get any respect to say, oh, I'm a record producer. Or, oh, I'm an audio engineer. People look at you funny at a party when you tell them that. Or the, I would say three quarters of people look at you funny. One quarter of the people think it's awesome. So I think that we're coming from a place of wanting to overcome this sort of dreamer, like I didn't join society. I decided I'm going to make art for a living and you get looked at weird by other quote unquote grownups. So I think what a lot of us do and what I did for years and years is we try to overcompensate by martyring ourselves to our jobs as audio engineers. So I'm going to work 15 hours a day. I work 15 hours a day. Oh, oh, oh I'm such a man. I, I don't know if it's necessarily that. I think it's more people hit this big motivation. And especially around this time of year, New Year's, motivation is at its peak right now. But that's why this episode is so important because habit over motivation. I want that to be your mantra for this year, habit over motivation. You're going to hit these, this big motivation period right now. You're going to want to do everything and then you're going to burn out and you're going to get nothing done for the rest of the year. And if you can implement these seven habits into your business, into your life, and focus on building positive habits in your life and not worrying about that inspiration hitting you, uh, I think you can do a lot more over this year than you can if you just wait for motivation to hit and you hit those big strides of 15-hour days and then ultimately burning out. So let's sum this all up. The seven habits you need in your studio for the new year. Number one, a do not do list. Make a list of things that are ruining your life, wasting your time, and generally making you less happy. Or just unhealthy things too. Even if they make you what you think is happy. <laughs> yeah. So make a do not do list. And number two, always, always, always have a prioritized to-do list. Um, if it's not important enough for you to put on your to-do list, it's not important enough to do. So um, I would say too, uh, there's probably only a few things that I couldn't live without that I can't imagine having any success in my business with. Uh, having a short prioritized to-do list certainly makes the cut on that. Possibly even the number one thing. Number three, schedule time to work on, not for your business. And that should be one of the number one takeaways from this episode is setting aside time to actually implement what you learned in this episode or other future episodes or past episodes. Yeah, so let's skip four and let's go to number six real quick, which is check your, wait, no, number five stop and use a calendar. So here's the thing. If you intend to schedule time to work on your business, why not now? <laughs> Get out iCal or calendar or your phone or whatever and schedule time. It could only be one hour. You could say, all right, um, it's Tuesday. I'm going to work on my business, not for my business on Thursday at 4 p.m. till 5 p.m. Great place to start. So number three, schedule time to work on your business, not for it. Number four, physical activity, exercise. Number five, stop and use a calendar, develop the discipline to not tell yourself, I'll write that down so I don't forget later. That's dumb. Don't do that. 
write something down now so you don't forget later. That's the whole reason we write things down and put them in our calendar. Number six, um, and I'm, if that sounded condescending, I apologize. That's, I'm preaching to myself here. I won't show up for anything if I don't do that. I'll never, ever go to a meeting if my phone doesn't remind me, hey, you need to go to your meeting. Number six, check your calendar daily or get an Apple Watch like me. And number seven, probably the most important, have a life. Have an effing life. Have an effing life. And a great place to start there is take one day a week, man, and just rest. Take a mental health day once per week and show up the next day for the next week as a more healthy, more integrated, more focused person. So important. Amen to that. So that is it for this episode of the Six Figure Home Studio podcast. I want 2018 to be the year that you decide to put habit and routine over motivation. When you start doing that, you're going to realize that motivation is no longer a driving force in your life. Yes, it helps. Yes, it's going to help you get that extra big thing done that you didn't think you'd get done today. But at the end of the day, you will be so much more productive, so much more capable of succeeding if you start putting that mantra into your life, habit over motivation, habit over motivation. For those of you who have made the habit of listening to the Six Figure Home Studio podcast, this is part of your habit, part of your routine. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to us weekly. We try to put a show out every single Tuesday now, and that's been a habit and a routine in our own lives. So continue to listen to this podcast weekly and make that part of your habit and your routine for the year. But I also want you to commit to putting whichever of these habits into your life that you think you need the most. And to help you commit to that, I want you to send us an email to podcast at the sixfigurehomestudio.com. That's spelled out S-I-X, podcast at the sixfigurehomestudio.com. Send us an email and let us know which of these habits you will be implementing into your life and what actions you'll be putting into place to get it done. Because we love to see what sort of stuff you guys and girls are up to this year. So send us the email, let us know what you'll be implementing. And I will be back at you next week for another episode. But until then, say this out loud with me. Habit over motivation. Whoa.